Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Honey, I'm home. I'm officially back in Canada. Well, for now anyways. And as much as I love being in Los Angeles, it's, you know, it's one of my favorite places to be. I do have two adorable French bulldogs that mean the world to me. Coming home to a Paul and Diego is pretty much the best thing ever. I walked in the door, they ran to me, and then I just plunked down in the entranceway, getting all the loves and cuddles and kisses for like 15 solid minutes. Now, I'm going to be real with you. I've never met a man who was ever that excited to see me. I'm just saying. Get you a dog. <laughs> the trip was so much fun. If you follow my Instagram stories, you already know about some of the crazy things that I got into, but I didn't post all of it because I'm saving some of the best stories for the podcast. You know that my motto is do it for the story, and I definitely did. So stay tuned to see what the hell I got up to while I was there. It's probably going to be coming up in the next couple of episodes. Speaking of stories, I do have to tell you one of the things that happened to me while I was at the LAX airport. Oh my goodness. So I'm on my way going through security and I'm wearing what feels like 700 layers of clothes because my suitcase was way too full. So I took off a whole bunch of extra layers and I walked through the body scanner. So I have nothing in my pockets, nothing in my hands, of course, whatever. So I'm sure that I'm going to be fine. So once I make it through the body scanner, I just take myself over to where my bags are going to be coming out of the x-ray. But as I proceeded to make my way to the bags, an officer put a hand on my shoulder and she's like, oh, no, ma'am, we're not done with you. I was like, what? Then she pointed to the x-ray picture of me on the screen. Everything was completely clear, except for there was this yellow alert box over my crotch, both in the front and back images from my x-ray. It definitely looked like I was smuggling something in my vagina. Like it even had me questioning myself at that point. Like, do I have something in there? (laughs) Did I put something up there and forget? So imagine the pat down that I needed in order for her to really make sure that I didn't have anything there. She was inside my jeans and everything. And at one point I was like, ooh, do I have to leave a tip after this? She was trying so hard not to laugh because, of course, she's being a very, very serious security person. And she goes, ma'am, I'm going to have to use the back of my hand in between your legs. And I said, all right, if you think that the back of your hand is going to do the trick, I'll try anything once. She dropped to one knee. She was laughing so hard. I love catching those people off guard because they always have to be so serious all day. So anyways, eventually she either realized that I had nothing on me or she was just done with my ridiculous shenanigans and she let me go. Phew, it kind of felt like I owed her dinner after all that. So now that I'd been touched all over, I did the walk of shame as I put on my 700 layers of clothes, slipped into my shoes and I got in line for the Starbucks. I guess to maybe eat my feelings. I don't know. Anyways, once I got to the front of the line, I realized that there were tons of people waiting behind me. So I placed my order as quickly as I could an ice tall brown sugar oat chicken espresso and a granola bar. And then when I went to pay, my card was denied. Well, Normally, of course, it's really annoying and really embarrassing, but I'm used to this in the United States because depending on where you're shopping, some places just really don't accept Canadian cards. So there's always a bit of a struggle. So I gave the barista a different card. Again, it was declined. I'm thinking, oh my God, how much did I spend on this trip? So I played it as cool as I could as I opened up my banking app on my phone. I checked my bank accounts and there was definitely enough money for my order. So I thought, all right, let's try this again. So I gave her one of the cards that declined again, another card. But this time, everyone in the line is staring at me so hard. It felt like there were lasers burning into the back of my head. Plus, not only did they want to get their coffees, but they obviously had planes to catch. 
So I wanted to say forget about it, but by this point, I was already too far in. So I started to try and think of how else I could pay. I actually brought up my Starbucks app and they were like, oh, this is an airport Starbucks. We don't accept those here. I'm like, oh my goodness, what the hell do I do? And finally, this really beautiful blonde lady who was next behind me in line said, don't worry, I'll pay for it for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? It felt like finally some of my good karma was coming back to me because I do stuff like that for people all the time. I've even bought like hundreds of dollars worth of groceries for people before. So I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And everyone behind us in line breathed a sigh of relief. A couple of them even thanked her. I felt like a complete loser at the time. I wanted to scream out, hey guys, I have money. I'm just Canadian. But I realized nobody really cares. They just want to get out of there. So anyways, the barista thanked her. Everyone had their little aww moment as she added her drink to my order and then paid for it all together. Again, I thanked her profusely. And then the two of us moved over to the side of the bar to wait for our drinks to be made, right? So now, as we're standing there, She leans over to me, shows me her phone and goes, here's my PayPal account so you can send me the money. And I said, what? And she goes, well, here's my PayPal so you can pay me back. I thought she was kidding, but her face told me otherwise. I could not believe it. Who does that? I opened up my PayPal app. I was just, I was just shook. So I opened up my PayPal app and decided that I may as well pay for her drink as well since she saved the day for me. And then I rounded up a bit. Then PayPal calculated the exchange rate plus added their fees and boom, my coffee and granola bar now cost me $25. I'm fuming about it telling this story now. Like I'm literally getting sweaty talking about this because I'm just thinking who does this? But the time I was too shook to say anything. I've never ever heard of someone offering to pay for something for someone else and then asking for the money back right after. The audacity, not to mention, I was the one who looked like the goof without money. Meanwhile, I ended up paying for both of us. Unbelievable. Essentially, she wasn't trying to be kind at all. This wasn't a good deed. She just wanted to move the line along so she could get her coffee and get the hell out of there. All I can say is I hope that Santa was watching because that's some lump of coal shit right there. That's some straight naughty list behavior, right? Anyways, having my cards declined is something I'm very familiar with. I've gone through some very hard times financially. And after last week's episode about being a boss, I started to think about all the wild things that I've done to pay the bills. And I figured, whoa, this could seriously make an episode. And if it can make you giggle, then it will all have been worth it. So today we're going on break. I'm asking you to clock out, grab your paper bag lunch and a glass of Chardonnay because we're going to be talking about three of the cringiest things I've ever done to pay the bills. And the last one is sure to have you shook. It's something I've never really talked about before. So are you ready for this? Let's go. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. (laughs) Now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Growing up, money was something we were taught that you had to work hard for. My mom never gave us money for no reason. Actually, not even for the holidays. And if there was something we wanted to buy, she'd either tell us, all right, we'll save up for it. Or if it was something she knew we needed, she'd tell us that she would pay for half. But either way, we had to figure out how to make the money, whether it was chores or whatever, but we had to earn it. I don't like not being able to do or buy the things that I want. So I started working from a really early age. I took a babysitter's course at 13 and I've had two to four jobs at a time ever since. One of them was being the ecosaurus. Now what's the ecosaurus you might ask? Okay, so 
Let's see here. Imagine if the classic kid's favorite, Barney, never made it into show business. He went to a few auditions, talked to a few executives, and after sleeping in his car for months in Hollywood, he finally gave up on his dream and moved back home. After sleeping on his brother's couch for months, surviving off of ramen noodles and thoughts of what he could have been, his brother finally had heart to heart and said, look, Barney, maybe you need to try something else. I know a guy who works for the city. Let me see if I can pull some strings. Then boom, next thing he knows, he's the mascot for the environmental initiatives in his hometown. Sure, it's not Hollywood, but it pays the bills. <laughs> oh my gosh. What kind of a crazy rant was that? Anyways, essentially the Ecosaurus is a giant green dinosaur mascot who is meant to bring awareness to environmental initiatives around the city of Kelowna, my hometown. What did this mean for me? Well, it meant that I had to sweat my ass off in the summer months at family fairs, concerts, and parades wearing a costume made basically of shag carpet. So imagine this, my face was in the long neck of this dinosaur costume. So Every time a little kid wanted to meet me, I had to bend my whole body over to lower the head down to say hi. I had this long, hard tail that swung out about three and a half feet behind me that kids loved to pull on. And I was absolutely forbidden from ever speaking or taking the head slash neck off. So no matter how hot I got, no matter how angry I felt, I had to stay in that costume and basically miming my feelings. Sometimes kids were terrible to me. They'd kick me, team up and pull me around by my tail. Parents would see that their kids were excited to meet me and some of them would lean in before letting their kids come close and say, hey, you're not a perverted old man, are you? The worst part was that I was terrified of clowns. I guess you can say I'm still not a fan. And at the country fairs and parades and everything, the clowns were everywhere and they loved to play with the dinosaur. There was this one event that my mom came to see me at and it was so cute. She knew how I felt about clowns and there were two of them that had decided to team up on me and play with the dinosaur because, oh, isn't that so funny? And she started fending them off like, okay, okay, enough with the clowns. Go play with the kids, guys. It's like, thanks, mom. Thanks for looking out. The job was special, that's for sure, but I was used to making $3 an hour babysitting. So the $17 an hour that I was getting paid to be the Ecosaurus felt like a fortune. It made being super sweaty, rolled up in green shag carpet feel like it was worth it. Now that's not the only time I had to wear a costume to work. Enter Heidi the Schoolgirl. So my work as a makeup artist has seasons. I work like crazy for the spring and summer and part of the fall. Then things slow down for the late fall and winter. Typically, I save up as much money as I can from the busy season to help pay the bills during the winter months. So after my first husband and I divorced, I literally had nothing. I was living in a basement suite with the cheapest furniture that I could find on Craigslist. And I was trying to save up money for a down payment on a condo so that I could start slowly trying to build myself back up. Well, once I finally had enough money saved up to buy my own place, it meant that I was going to be using those savings that I'd usually use to get me through the winter, so I wasn't going to have that usual safety net. So when I went into my slow season with a condo that I owned, I had no savings to pay the bills, so that meant that I was definitely going to have to hustle. I mentioned my struggles to a girl who did contract work for me assisting during the summers and she said, oh my gosh, I have the perfect job for you. I was intrigued because if I had a hookup, I wouldn't have to go around dropping enough resumes and wasting time in job interviews. She goes, I'm the manager of a strip club. Oh shit, where was this going? She said, we're looking for a massage girl. If you're interested, it can pay really good. You just need to know how to work the patrons. It's only $9 an hour, but you get to approach the men watching the dancers and offer them massages. The rate is $40 to massage them for three songs. Some of the massage girls have made really good money. I thought about how long it takes to play three songs and I estimated it was around 15 minutes maximum. So I figured that there was potential for making $160 an hour. That didn't sound too bad. 
I told her I was down. She said, all right, in this club, all the surfers and massage girls have to dress up as schoolgirls. So come to work on Friday at 10 p.m. in a costume with your own baby oil. <laughs> with my own baby oil. Oh my gosh, saying this out loud stings a little, but I guess it's important to remember where we came from. Am I right? As my grandpa always said, it costs money to make money. So now it was time for me to invest in my school girl costume. I got ready. I went to leave the house. And as I was locking the door, I looked up at my car and thought, oh, hell no. At the time, I was driving a vehicle that had decals on the side that said Jaina Marie makeup and hair. And on the back, it said, call anytime. Don't be shy with my phone number underneath. Oh my goodness. Bless my heart. I was trying to do a marketing thing, but it definitely looked like I was selling something completely different than makeup artistry. <laughs> I used to get calls from men stuck in traffic saying, oh, is this Jaina? I'm the guy in the forerunner. Are you single? I couldn't be at a strip club massaging these dudes and then have them step outside and see my phone number. It would be dangerous and creepy. So I sent a text to the strip club connection and I explained my dilemma. She goes, oh, that's not a problem at all. Just introduce yourself with a fake name like the dancers do. All right. It was pretty simple. So I thought about it for a second. I was born with the last name Hyde. So I kind of thought that maybe Heidi would be cute. I texted her, Heidi it is. And she sent me a thumbs up emoji. I ran to the mall and found white thigh high socks, a tiny plaid pleated skirt, a white lacy bra, and a white dress shirt that I could tie up underneath my boobs. I was ready. Introducing Heidi Marie. Heidi, 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 Marie, Marie, Marie. Coming to a strip club near you. Bring on the baby oil. On my first night, I was given a basket for my baby oil and towels that I was supposed to carry around with me. It looked like I was about to go on the world's creepiest Easter egg hunt. <laughs> the manager looked at me and said, all right, now go get your hustle on, girl. <sighs> well, so much for getting my hustle on. I didn't make a penny that night. I was far too weirded out to approach anyone. And I spent most of the time hiding at the bar. While I was standing there, one of the dancers approached and was grabbing a drink. She saw my basket and said, So you're the new massage girl, huh? <laughs> Next month you'll be dancing. I said, I promise that I won't. She goes, Yeah, that's what everyone says. As I drove home in the Jana mobile that night, I gave myself a pep talk. I said, Nope, this cannot happen again. You can't be out here spending all this time getting cute than driving across town to make zero dollars. You can do better this, Jana. You have to be bold or just stay the fuck at home. That's when I decided that as soon as I'd put on that pleated skirt, I wasn't Jana anymore. I was Heidi. Heidi was bold, sexy, confident. Heidi was all about that bag and she was not afraid to put herself out there. So the next night, Jaina stayed in the car and Heidi walked into that strip club like God sent her. Somehow she convinced five different men to get massages and brought home $200 plus tips, which wasn't that bad for a three hour shift. See, you had no idea that this was going to be an inspirational episode about believing in yourself and never giving up now, did you? <laughs> After a couple of shifts, I made friends with the DJ, which was really great because considering I was being paid for three songs, he had the power to play really long ones or short ones. So it was good to have him in my corner. Like this one time, an elderly man in a wheelchair asked if he could get a massage. I said yes, but I really wasn't sure how I'd be able to rub his back since it was up against the chair. And it seemed as though his lower body was paralyzed, so getting out wasn't an option. He handed me his money, then pulled off his shirt like it had just caught fire and proceeded to reach behind him, rubbing all over me. Shocked, I grabbed his hands and put them on his lap. I said, no, no, sir, just relax. Let me massage you. Meanwhile, my eyes were pleading with the DJ to please, please play some short songs. 
I had to deal with men with back knee, dudes who thought that the massages happened in private rooms. Nope, 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 nope. Let me make this clear before the rumors start circulating. All I did was massage shoulders. That's it. And always out in public where everyone could see what was happening. Okay, so that's that. (laughs) I was supposed to tip out the DJ at the end of the night, so it benefited him if I got more work. So in order to try and help promote my services, he would make announcements throughout the night like, all right, everyone, that was Fantasia Heavens. Let's give her some sugar as she leaves the stage. And while you're waiting for our next answer, don't forget, we have the beautiful Miss Heidi offering massages. Yes, Heidi, give the men a wave. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. Meanwhile, I'd completely forgotten that I was Heidi. Obviously, I didn't answer to that name. It wasn't me. So I'd be wandering around in my own world while the DJ is like, Heidi, give the men a wave. Blow the boys a kiss. And I'm just in my own little world. After the fifth time this happened, the DJ goes, Jaina, you're the absolute worst. I'm trying to help you. I said, I'm sorry. It doesn't catch my attention because it's not my name. I'm a terrible liar. And while taking on an alias of Heidi was helpful, I was horrible at it. I was also horrible when it came to talking to the men. The first time we'd meet, they'd ask my name and I would say it was Heidi. But then the second time we would talk, in my mind, we were now friends and I didn't feel comfortable lying to my friends. So I would say, I'm sorry, Heidi isn't my real name. I just say that for safety purposes. My real name is Jaina. (laughs) Like these guys cared at all what my name was. They're probably thinking, sure, whatever, babe, your name can be Cleopatra. I'm really not here to get to know you. It's not like strip clubs are honest places anyways. These guys are probably all telling their wives they're working late while they shove $5 bills into G-strings and I'm over here worried that I'm being dishonest about my name. I already know you're hearing all of this and asking yourself, oh gosh, how did Wendy and Larry feel about this? Let's just say my parents were less than thrilled. One time they came to stay with me for a few nights and I had to work. My little brother was only like 16 at the time. and My mom goes, we're going to take Jeremy out while you get ready for your job. He doesn't need to see his sister dress up as Heidi, the schoolgirl." <laughs> oh, good times. Thank goodness I've done some really great stuff to make my mama proud uh, since then because that was probably a very dark time for her. <laughs> Finally, one night I was chatting with the DJ and I happened to notice that his nails were chewed off right down to the skin. I was like, wow, what's that all about, buddy? And he goes, are you kidding me? I'm stressed as fuck here. I said, really? DJing? Fuck yes. Do you know where we are? Have you seen my DJ booth? There's a reason I work behind Bulletproof Glass. Bulletproof Glass? I looked over at it. I'd never noticed that before. He goes, this place is owned by a biker gang. It's been shot up like four times. That's why the name keeps changing. They have to switch it up every time there's a shooting because it's bad press and nobody would come here if they knew how dangerous it was. Gulp. Well, that information was certainly new to me. My imagination started to run wild. I pictured myself doing an army crawl along a filthy strip club floor while bullets flew overhead and I got the no feeling. I had far too much potential to die on the floor of a strip club dressed as a schoolgirl. It was time for Heidi to hang up her socks. Time to retire that child-sized pleated skirt. It was fun while it lasted. I never went back to that strip club. In total, I only worked about eight or ten shifts anyways, and I quit because of safety reasons, not because I had anything else lined up. So now it's winter, and I'm trying to find work. I told my mom that I had some job interviews with a few nearby restaurants, and she cut me off. She goes, No, Jaina. You didn't sell everything you owned and moved to Vancouver to be a waitress. You are a makeup artist. You need to be doing makeup. This city is full of waitresses who tell people they're makeup artists. Find work doing what you love or you're never going to end up doing it. She was right. So I scrolled through the gigs section on Craigslist to see what kind of photo shoots or set work I might be able to find. I was down to one can of tuna in my kitchen that I was trying to turn into two meals. So I needed the money 
really bad. I came across a listing that said paid work for makeup artists in the adult industry. I'm pretty sure all I cared about was the word paid, so I clicked. It was a porn producer looking for a makeup artist. Immediately I thought, nope, not for me. I pictured bodily fluids flying everywhere, boogie nights vibes with drugs all over the place and a slimy producer trying to recruit me, so I decided that even though I needed the work, I was going to have to pass. Later that week, I happened to bump into a very well-known makeup artist who I really looked up to, and she asked me how I was doing. I told her it was a struggle because I was in my off-season and I'd spent my money trying to buy a place after my marriage ended and I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. I told her about the ad that I saw on Craigslist and that even though the money was tempting, I would absolutely never work in porn. She cut me off. She goes, you really need to get over yourself, Jaina. Do you have bills to pay or not? Did you know that in Hollywood, lots of the same people who work on big budget films work in the adult industry in their downtime? It's all the same at the end of the day. You're doing makeup. I really hadn't thought of it that way. So I decided I was going to take her advice. I thought, I'll answer that Craigslist ad. If I get the gig, I'll do one day on set and see what it's like and then go from there. So yes, long story short, I was a makeup artist in the porn industry. My first day on set was nothing at all like what I'd imagined. I knocked on the door of a big fancy house and a producer answered the door, shook my hand and took me into the area where I'd be setting up. He told me he liked bold, colorful makeup and showed me some inspo pics and I told him that that was no problem at all. It was a full production with lights and a small crew. The female talent arrived a few minutes late and still had damp hair from the shower. I say this so that you know this wasn't like some slimy, gross, she's covered in cum kind of situation. She was really clean. It was like working with a bride. She was apologetic and sweet and in the nicest way possible tried to tell me that she was really used to having horrible makeup but I assured her that I'd make sure she felt beautiful. We talked about her boyfriend, her dogs, and she made jokes about the stupid outfit she had to wear that day. It really didn't feel much different than any other day at work. Well, until the filming started. The producer told me that I was welcome to stay or I could leave if I wanted. And of course, you know, I was curious, so I stayed. (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh about how insanely unsexy things were behind the scenes. I did my best not to laugh my ass off when she performed way too enthusiastically for what was happening to her. Once the shoot was over, she thanked me and said she'd never felt so pretty at a shoot. And the producer said he'd like to work with me again and that if I wanted it, he had a lot of work that we could do together. And that was music to my broke little ears. So I agreed. Not every shoot was as smooth sailing as that one and eventually my bridal business picked up again. I was doing porn during the week and weddings on the weekends, but nobody really knew about it. A few times, people who did find out about it would ask me, what if your clients find out? And I said, well, for one, I'd rather not work with judgmental people anyways. And two, when I do hair and makeup for a bride, I assume she's going to be having sex in it later. In fact, I hope she is. The only difference is that there's not a guarantee she's going to be doing it on camera, but hell, who knows? Maybe she will be. Once a porn star got in my chair and said, does your mom know you're doing this? And I said, uh, (laughs) makeup? Yeah. My mom knows I'm doing makeup. Does your mom know you're doing this? Because I promise that what we're doing today is not the same. Exactly zero dicks are going to be coming close to me. (laughs) I learned a lot about doing more glam looks because of this job. And at the time, I was mostly doing Caucasian brides who only wanted to look like themselves was slightly better. Meanwhile, the producer I was working with wanted glitter and pops of bright colors. He challenged me to push myself out of my comfort zone. And what's funny is that eventually someone reached out to me to ask if I was available to do hair and makeup for Lady Gaga. She asked me, what celebrities have you worked on? And I listed a few people you'd hardly consider celebrities. And then that manager said, oh, well, Gaga wouldn't care about any of those people. And I said, well, I 
consider my bride celebrities. And she goes, well, that's too natural. I said, okay, well, if you want glam, I do have experience working in the porn industry. And she goes, well, I'm definitely not going to tell Lady Gaga that. I said, well, I don't know what to tell you. If you like my work, I'd love the gig. And she booked me. So the day that I did Lady Gaga's makeup, I layered three sets of lashes on her, which was unheard of back then, unless you were a drag queen. And she goes, wow, I love this look. Usually people go way too natural on me. And I said, honestly, I pretty much just did a porn makeup on you. And she goes, do you work in the adult industry? I wasn't sure how to answer that, but I decided, fuck it. Yes. I said, yes, I do work in the adult industry. And she goes, oh my God, that's amazing. Then called over her friends. Hey, check it out. This girl does makeup for porn. So working with Gaga showed me that not everyone would think it was terrible and disgusting. I mean, if it was, I wouldn't have done it. Also, once I got more comfortable, I started using my position to help the women who were there. I would tell them that they didn't have to be working in porn, that they could do makeup like me and be making the same amount of money. I'll talk about all that side of the industry later, but I was basically there trying to save everyone. Now, you're not interested in that. You want the juicy story. So here's one of the funniest things that happened while I was on set. Okay, so on this particular day, the actors were actually a couple. They'd been together for like six years and had been performing together for most of that time. They were supposed to be shooting a foot fetish scene. Now, keep in mind, they don't actually have foot fetishes. They're just acting like they do. So in a foot fetish scene, you're appealing to people who think feet are sexy. So the idea is you have to say as many foot-related words as possible. So once I did the actress's hair and makeup, I was just around the corner tidying up and washing my brushes. But of course, I could hear everything that was going on. I'd done the hair and makeup makeup in the dining room, but they were filming in the kitchen. She was going to be sitting on the kitchen counter, giving him a foot job, which means jerking him off with her feet. Meanwhile, he's saying every foot related word he can possibly think of. So imagine I'm there washing brushes to the sound of, oh, look at those ankles. I could just lick those arches. Oh, baby, come stick those toes in my mouth. Oh, yes. Rub those heels all over my dick. So already I'm doing my best not to burst out laughing or I'd ruin the scene. I'm doing my best to keep my shit together. And then the producer yells out and cut. cut. That's great, guys. And the actor now that he can finally say what he really thinks, goes to his girlfriend. My God, babe, we're shooting a foot fetish scene. You couldn't have gotten a fucking pedicure first? Your calluses are seriously chafing my dick. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, when I tell you I was laughing so hard, I fell on the floor. I literally did. I couldn't even stand. My whole body was weak. Your calluses are chafing my dick. <laughs> ah! Wow, wow, wow. Thank God goodness for my career glow up because it's been one hell of a ride. Speaking of my career, my alarm is going to be going off in two hours. I have a bride to glam in the morning or I guess tonight. <laughs> I'd better get to sleep. So thank you so much for pressing play today. If you enjoyed this show as much as I love making it, can you pretty please share it with a friend? I hear every time you do, a porn star gets a pedicure. It's true. <laughs> also, don't forget to subscribe or follow. And we always appreciate five-star ratings or a glowing review. Till we talk next time, go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go.